before I start the third part of my grandmother's journal, I need to read a little of what I've written about her that might fill in the gap. A man named Edgar Clark frequented Kanab because of his cattle and sheep buying business on the Arizona Strip. Edgar was a widower of four years from Perwin, about 86 miles from Kanab. He must have seen Nellie many times at the businesses he visited often. I guess this was how they met and decided to get married. He was 58 and my grandmother was 25. She was two years younger than Edgar's youngest daughter. He had four daughters. Immediately, she was in the midst of stepdaughters, grandsons, granddaughters, and cousins of all kinds. I imagine she got very lonesome for her family in Kanab. I think my grandfather took her by wagon and later by car to Kanab as often as he could. I can't imagine marrying a man 40 years older than myself, but my grandmother surely did. From all accounts I have read of Edgar and Nellie, they were both very good people and highly thought of by their posterity and their family. Edgar died in 1921 when grandmother was 40 years old. She spent the rest of her life in Perwin and never married again. 40 years of widowhood. Now I'll take up where I left off. Grandma, this is her journal, part three. The next year, January 13, 1906, I married Edgar L. Clark of Perwin. We had a nice trip to California. Then we went over to Kanab to see my family. My husband was away from home quite a lot of the time for the first two or three years of our marriage as he was working for and with B.F. Saunders, who was in the business of buying and selling livestock. We weren't alone in our house much of the time, as his daughter Dottie was living there at the time of our marriage and with her husband and the two children. They stayed there a few months. Then we had his brother's Collie's children, Kenneth, Earl, Hazel, and Gladys with us for a while while and Earl was with his mother's people. Our first child, Edgar McAllister, was born in the year of 1906, October 17th. Two days after the birth of our boy, my husband's daughter, Olivia Clark Jones gave birth to twin daughters and she died when they were about 10 days old. Olivia had a family of seven. One of her boys, Edgar Clark Jones, had lived with his grandfather, my husband, quite a lot before we were married. After Olivia's death, my husband wanted him to come and live with us and his father let him come. He was with us after that as much as he was at home with his father, Teddy, Edgar Clark Jones, was and still is a fine boy. He is the grandfather of 11 children now. I love Teddy, and he has always thought of me and always treats me just like a mother. Our daughter Alice was born March 21, 1909, and our son Saunders McAllister was born December 21, 1912. My first church activity after coming to Perwin was in 1908. I was put in with Zola Connell as class leader in the Ward Relief Society when Aunt Sarah Ann Adams was president. In 1909 or 1910, Sister Juliet Adams was made Ward Relief Society president with Aunt Libby Hoyle and myself as her counselors. Then on December 22, 1912, Sister Julia Lyman was released as stake president 
and Sister Mary Marsden was made stake president with Barbara Adams and I as her counselors. I think I served there until I resigned in 1945. <laughs> Working in the Relief Society was such a great blessing to me in many ways. I had many wonderful trips to conference with the sisters and going around the stake and meeting with the fine women of the wards was a great blessing. In fact, it was a wonderful experience. I made many trips with Sister Mary M. Marsden and we used to have many good times together. It seems like we enjoyed the same things so much. After the first few years of our marriage, my husband's health was such that he didn't go off on many trips. And when he did go, I was generally with him. He had to be on a very strict diet all of the time, so we stayed close to home. We raised a nice garden every year. I liked to work in the garden, and although my husband wasn't able to do much, he would hire someone to do the heavy work and sometimes put the garden in, and then, with a little help, I could take care of it. In 1916 or 17, my husband bought a car. It was the second car owned in Perwin. Logan Louder owned the first. It made it so we could get out a little more but his eyes were getting so it was hard for him to run the car. So I started to learn to drive. I drove a little, but didn't like to. Our boy Edgar drove with his father right at his side. In fact, he drove to Canabin back twice before he was 12 years old. The last few years of my husband's life, there wasn't much I could do but take care of him and the children and send the children to school. And at times, I had to have a little help at that. My husband died in the spring, February 28, 1921. Our neighbor, Ben Hoyle, died just two or three weeks before my husband died, and his wife, Aunt Libby, was alone, and she came over and stayed nights with me for a long time. Aunt Libby was a very good neighbor. In fact, she was good to all who were in trouble, always out helping the sick and sewing for people who were not able to pay. Once I heard someone in my kitchen very early in the morning, and I got up and went to see who it was. Aunt Libby was there, making herself a cup of tea. She said she knew I wouldn't have hot water and chips to start the fire. She'd been out all night with the sick and was on her way home. I was sure glad that she felt that much at home, in my home. Catherine Richards' mother died just a few months after my husband did. One evening, a week or four before she died, Saunders and I were passing their home on our way to the show, and Catherine was in the yard. I stopped to ask her if she wanted to go with us and how her mother was. She said she was glad to go, and she was nearly beside herself, having to see her mother so bad all the time and not being able to help her. Catherine and I have been very dear friends ever since. After her mother died and her father moved to the city, she came and lived with me and the children for a long time and worked in the county treasurer's office. Since that time, my home has been her home and her home has been mine whenever I go to Salt Lake City. She is one of the best friends a person ever had. The fall after my husband died, I went to school in Perwin and took a literature class and one in English from Mamie Good Monson. One day, Saunders and I were going to school together, and he asked me what I was going to school for. And I told him I went for the same reason he did, to learn things. He said, my, I thought you knew everything. 
A year or two later, I took the children to Provo to school for the winter, and there I took two courses in literature, one in American literature. In one course, we studied the works of Robert Browning. The following summer, Lizzie Adams and I made a trip to Salt Lake City to take our boys, Adrian and Saunders. While we were there, we got to talking about a gift shop and decided to start one. We tried to rent a place but couldn't, so I decided I would build one. Parties were owing me who could help me a great deal with the work, so I had the shop built. I think we opened it on the 9th of December, 1927. On account of poor health, Lizzie only stayed in with me for a very short time. Here I made many of the things I sold, decorated lampshades and vases. I made flowers out of silk, shield organdy, wood fiber, and paper. I didn't intend making paper flowers for sale, but I made some to decorate the shop with and people started to buy them. I sold lots of aprons. The shop did pretty well until the depression came and the things that I carried were mostly things that people could get along without. Mary de Winter had been running a millinery shop in the building with me, so she took care of my shop and I went to work. I worked as supervisor of the FERA Sewing Center for a while and was under the direction of brother William R. Palmer. Then for about a year and a half, I was caseworker in Parowan and Paraguna. After that, I was caseworker in Cedar under the direction of Mr. E. N. Thompson. I was supervisor of a women's project in Iron County. I had the school lunches in Cedar City and Parowan, sewing centers in Parowan, Cedar City, and Canaraville, library projects in Parowan Library and Schools, Cedar City Libraries and Schools. The job was mending books. It was while I was doing this work that I went to Salt Lake City and had the operation on my face. I was gone for about two weeks, and Mr. Thompson had someone make my reports and timesheets for my projects, and my wages went right on. When I got back, they gave me Beaver County, and then I had three more school lunches to look after. They had closed the sewing center in Beaver. Finally, when all of this work was done, I just sewed a while for the UPA. Since then, I have made things and sent them to Mormon Handicraft in Salt Lake City. Since I started Handicraft, I have sent in many articles, and for a long time, I received a check once a month, the largest one for $53, and some of the checks were very small. Among the things I have sent there are 96 baby quilts, a little larger than crib, but for a child's bed, five large quilts, 84 chair sets, 396 handkerchiefs, most of them applique with a sago lily and rolled hem. I don't know how many aprons, hot pads, or bookmarkers I made. To date, I have sent 34 old-fashioned dolls. In the fall of 1946, I went to Ogden for a visit with my brother Seymour and his wife Mary. I wanted to stay there to work if I could find a job. I was afraid I wouldn't because I was then 64 years old. I got work there in the Brenda Kent tailoring shop, where I did machine work on dresses and also a few suits. I worked there the biggest part of two years and could have stayed longer, but the building we worked in was so hot in the summer and so drafty in the winter that I caught the worst cold there that I have had in many years, and I was anxious to get home and move into my new home. While I was in Ogden the first year, 
Saunders had his home made and moved down to the auto court. The next winter, 47-48, he had my home built, but it wasn't quite ready for me to move in when I came home. But I moved in July 23, 1948. Before I left Ogden, Seymour and Mary wanted me to take ceramics, as there was a woman there teaching it. But it would have cost me quite a lot, and I felt I couldn't afford it, and I was quite anxious to get home. I think it was in the fall of 1949, just a few weeks before I was 69 years old, that they gave ceramics classes at Perwin High School. I took the class and found it very interesting, and have made many things, and have sold many things, and have given a lot to my family and friends. I have not been able to do any for a little over a year. Today is May 25th, 1954, but hope to do some again after a while. I was afraid for a while that I wouldn't be able to do this writing, so I'm very thankful to, to be doing it. I'm living alone, but my family lives close by and I enjoy them very much. They are ready to help me at any time. I enjoy my grandchildren, and I'm glad that they feel at home with me and ask for things from me just like they do their mother. I love them all and hope I can live so that they will love my memory. My four oldest grandsons are men now, and I'm very proud of them. They have all kept clean and are fine boys. Gerald is married, and I hope that Edgar Lee and Eric will be lucky and get as nice a wife as I think Gerald has. The other three are fine boys. Kenyon was ordained a deacon last Sunday. Leon and Mac go to primary, and they're doing fine in school. Shanna and Kathy are both sweet little girls, and I'm quite sure they will keep that way as they grow up.